Welcome to This Week in the State Line, where we talk with local people about the local topics that you care about. And welcome to This Week in the State Line. I am Steve Summers, your host, and today we're talking football. Are you ready for some indoor football? We have Mike here with the Harlem Insanity. There's a brand new team in town, y'all. And also Corey Toran, the quarterback, correct? The starting quarterback. That's right. well, glad to have both of you here. So uh, tell everyone in the State Line area... What the heck is indoor arena football, and who are the Harlem Insanities? Well, uh, indoor football is eight-man football. It's a little different than, you know, the NFL. But uh, we play in McChesney Park at the Netlinks building. That's our home field. Going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a brand-new team. The The fields are a max of about 60 yards long. They're, I don't know, maybe 30 to 40 yards wide depending on the stadium where you're at at netlinks uh it's a little bit lower ceiling shorter field so it's a kind of a fast-paced game it's been a while since we've had indoor arena football in rockford i think they used to play at the quote-unquote metro center which is now the bemo i mean it's been that long since we've had any kind of indoor football am i right well there's a couple teams around the there's the state line sting and the rockford rams they They've been playing in the league that we're going to play in. Oh, so you're going to be up against them as well now? Yes, we will. Ah, a new team, a new rivalry is starting to develop (laughs) here. So the Harlem Insanity, uh, it's all about the community supporting the teams, because that's pretty much how you guys are going to survive, correct? Right. And you do it for the love of the game. Is that right, Corey? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I guess. This this all started, uh, we coached the little kids. We all have nine-year-old kids, ten-year-old kids, uh, playing for Carlson Huskies. I uh, didn't know Mike or Zach, the two owners, uh, came to me I don't know, halfway through the season and said, hey, what do you think about an adult football team? And I was like, sure. You know, I didn't think it would go anywhere. We were trying to find uh, a team for the indoor team for the uh, nine-year-olds to play. We had, what, 16 kids on the team, uh, 13 ever played football uh, together. So we were trying to find some for them to keep playing, you know, hone in their skills and next you know. Here we are in pads getting ready to play. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have any aspirations to go to the big show, the NFL, or is it just a chance for you to play and enjoy the game of football? I mean, I think as a little kid, every every little kid has aspiration, but then reality kind of comes into play and you realize that's a far-fetched dream. Um, so yeah. now here we are doing this arena league, and this is kind of the last hurrah for us uh, Older, older guys. <laughs> <laughs> and how old are you when you're in twenties or something? No, right? no, uh, I'm 34. Yeah, <laughs> the old guys now. I know that's, that's the sporting world now. So, Mike, where do you play the games? Where do Harlem and you know Insanity play? Well, we play at the Netlinks Building. That's our home field. But we will play all around the state line. There, all the teams that are in the uh, conference that we're in will go to. We'll travel to them. We got teams in Madison, in Milwaukee, and then in Chicago. And we'll just go around. And I think there's eight teams in our division so everybody gets a different turn to have a home game is that how this works out so there, there yeah. is traveling expenses with this traveling team too there i is. think right yeah we'll have to travel pretty far and we got 20 of us on the team so we're trying to figure out how to get all 20 of us to get to that, that would be a big van that would be a very big <laughs> minivan so obviously there's the rental of the transportation and then you have to rent the facility correct yes we do and then the equipment probably is not cheap no it's not we're uh we're going to pick up some helmets uh, this weekend, so we'll get those taken care of. We got shoulder pads and jerseys and whatnot. We're we're getting ready. So why 
First of all, we're talking to the Harlem Insanity. We're talking to Mike and Corey Toran, the quarterback for the team. We, we haven't even seen you play yet, but we're glad you're here. Yeah, superstar. We're, we're yeah, yeah, maybe. So uh, why would you get into this venture? Because it seems like, A, there are a couple of teams already. Uh, why is this team needed? And it seems like the community needs to really step up behind all right. these teams. The reason why I started the team and came up with the idea to start the team was for the kids, really. Like, I wanted to, sh- like, we can sit down and watch NFL with them all day, and they're not going to pay attention like they are with their dads in the field playing. So, to just show them, like, you, we coach the kids and we want to, we tell them all day how to, how to do this, but you want to show them. This is our way of showing them how to do it. And that's where all this idea came from. I mean, it was a crazy idea. And before we knew it, we're buying shoulder pads. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you get your uh, teammates? Where do you find players? Yeah, so we're all, like I said, Zach, Mike, myself, we're coaches. And um, another captain on our team, Nick, his his uh, little brother played played for us. So then it's just, you know, keep reaching out to friends. And we're all kind of in the same community here. So, I mean, we're going to stick it out. Our kids are going to keep playing together. So. So how do how does the community support this team? How do we get behind this team? I'm, obviously, you said there were other teams, the state line. What are the the state line Sting? Yeah, and, and the, the Rockford Rams. Okay, so now Harlem has their own team. So how does the community of Harlem get behind the insanity? Well, we're always looking for sponsors. Any kind of sponsorship would be amazing for us at this point. I mean, like we are brand new, so anything will help like sponsorship wise any small business wants to advertise we can advertise at every game for you if you want um just come out and watch i mean yeah. come out and see and watch us play football it's going to be awesome i mean is the, the field obviously you said 60 yards Corey. so obviously it's a different setup and there's different equipment right like a different goal post and netting and all that stuff because you you know people are in the audience yeah you, you got the i guess plexiglass walls uh that net links the ceiling's a little bit lower. You, know, you got the net there, so as a quarterback, it's kind of hard to throw on that defense. So you got to come up with kind of tricky, tricky plays. Uh, got to throw it low and hard, um, and then just kind of use it. Use and you just screen. can't play on concrete. I mean, you have to play on some specialized areas. Astroturf, yeah. yeah. What was astroturf? Yeah. All right, so you just can't go to Lonnie's Carpet Max and grab one of their their fake carpets and put it down. I mean, no. there has to be some padding and some safety. There has to be some regulations in this league, right? Yeah, yeah, there is. There's, so there's a rule book, and you got to follow all the rules. Oh, yeah, there's, there's a big old thick healthy. rule book. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so if you're a community member and you want to support, how do we get in touch with you, Mike, to uh, show some love to the all-new uh, indoor arena team known as the Harlem Insanity? Well, we're on Facebook. Um, you can look us up on there. We're on Instagram and uh, Twitter. You can find us there. Or if you want to just email us, it's just uh, harleminsanity at gmail.com and We'll get back to you as soon as possible. Has anyone ever approached like the BMO to say, "Hey, we should have like a like the tournament, like they just did with the basketball, couple of teams playing off, and to see how the response would be, and to see if we could get more community members knowledgeable of the teams." Yeah, I mean, we have talked about the the BMO uh, Harris Bank Center and playing there, like that would be awesome. Because they have all the glass, plexiglass for the hogs and such, so I thought maybe that would be a good tie-in. Yeah, I mean, we've we've thought about reaching out to State Line Sting, maybe set up an exhibition, you know, before the season. That would be a great idea, reach out to the the BMO, if you would, and kind of just, you know, things Mm -hmm. like this, kind of promoting it and having the community come out and just kind of watch and see what it's about, and then next thing you know, they can come to the NetLinks and support us there, too. 
Okay, and you just had a fundraiser last night, and um, that was good. You're going to have future fundraisers to support the team? Yeah, definitely. And when does the season start? The season doesn't start until February. And how long is the season? Is it like 16 weeks like in the NFL? Uh, no, 10. And then there's playoffs. So, Are we playing for a crown? or? or? Uh, we're, we're coming for that trophy. <laughs> yeah, I think the first thing for us is, you know, brand new team, new faces, you know, not, we're not familiar with each other, so right now it's just really uh, we want to be we want to go out there and be competitive. Um, you know, defense stopping, offense getting first downs, touchdowns, be competitive, then start reaching for the wins, and then you know, uh, go for the crown. But it's we we know we've got some good teams that we're going to face, but I think sure. I think we got the talent where it needs, and I think if we keep practicing, we'll get there. So as far as the logo goes, I mean, state line sting. Obviously, it's a bee sting or something. Uh, huh. The Rams would be horns. Right. Harlem insanity. What are we looking at there? Are we all looking like clowns or what? Yeah, I, I, it's I'm actually a joker. There. <laughs> yeah, it, there's, there's a, a jester. He's kind of grabbing on the, the word insanity, and he's got this crazy face and uh, black and lime green. So, and it, it all came from Zach. Yeah, you know, he's all excited about this, and we we weren't sure. You know if this was going to follow through or not, and he's like, you know, this just is an insane idea. So we just kind of ran with it. He, you know, he found a, a logo that he liked, and insanity it is. So the gesture with football kind of a theme—that's very creative. I never thought of that. I was, you know, could have been just a big question mark like the Riddler right. yeah. from Batman days or something. I'm not sure, but yeah. well, we wish you a lot of luck. So the season starts in February. Uh, if we're interested in watching, how do we get the tickets and how do we get more information? Because obviously it's November. There's still some time. So how do I get tickets for this indoor league? Um, the tickets for the events are sold at the events. As far as I know, you can't buy them in advance, but they're. I want to say $5. Don't mm-hmm. quote me on that. I think they're about $5 a person to get in. And uh, if you have any questions, or I mean, we'll be posting on the Facebook page and Instagram page for all the events beforehand. So if you have any questions, you can always message us on there. It's interesting because you just don't think of indoor arena football existing in the state line. And then here's a third team already that is in part of this conference. And we're like, well, a lot of people didn't even know it existed. So by shedding light on it here this morning, that's what we do with this week in the state line is to talk about different topics and different things and how the community can rally and get together. And it seems like a great, valid one here. So good luck to you. Uh, you ever play the quarterback position or is this a new thing for you, Corey? It's kind of a new thing. Uh it, it's all new to me. I always used to play free safety on defense. Uh, got speed. Um, I stand about five foot nine. Um, so my linemen are a lot bigger than me. So we're gonna have to use the speed. Well, and, we hope the linemen are bigger. Or you're gonna be running a yeah, lot for yeah, your oh, life. Yeah, running for my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, thank you so much for coming in with Corey as well, uh, the starting quarterback for the. Harlem Insanity. So as this team starts to develop, are there already sponsors stepping up for you guys? Yeah, we've landed uh, two sponsors, one major sponsor, uh, Rich Bone with Arbone Electric. He's he's uh, come up really huge with us. He's been a big supporter of the team. And then uh, my employer, Woodward, uh, Woodward has also chipped in a little bit for us. Well, it's glad that the community is already stepping forward and, and starting to support the team. So good luck to you this season. Everything starts in February for the Harlem Insanity Indoor Football Teams and League in the State Line. More coming up on This Week in the State Line in a moment. You've been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. You have to carefully monitor your health for the rest of your life. And you have an increased risk of developing cardiovascular disease. Cut. Take 2. 
action. You've been diagnosed with a new purpose, to fight for the amazing life you made for yourself. To look that risk of heart disease square in the face and say, no, not me. You've been given a new opportunity to live. Get started at NoDiabetesByHeart.org. And good morning. Welcome to This Week in the State Line. I am Steve Summers, along with Linda Sandquist, the Vice President of the United Way of Rock River Valley, here to tell us about an anniversary party, a big shindig, if you will, for United Way. First of all, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being here. So uh, congrats on 100, but you don't even look a day over 40. Oh, thank you very much. I'm glad you did say over 55, so I appreciate that. (laughs) So United Way of Rock River Valley, the celebration is coming up. Why and where and what? So 100 years ago, on December 4th, 1919, a group of community leaders got together. I always like to think of it as a cold and stormy evening. I don't know. I have no idea if that's really true. (laughs) But they got together at Memorial Hall. And met with someone who came down from Milwaukee to tell them about kind of this newfangled modern idea of how to raise money for charity. At that time, it was called a charitable federation. It actually had originated in Denver in 1887 when people there decided to get together, raise money collectively, and then to give it out to the charitable purposes in their community. Wow, you did all that by memory, so you must yeah. really know your United Way history. <laughs> yes, yes, I do, actually. So here's the joke. In Denver in 1887, it was actually a rabbi, a minister, two priests, and a woman who met to decide that they were going to start a charitable So they all walked so into this building They walked into said, a bar, hey. right, exactly, exactly right. So um, here in Rockford, it was notable names like Ingersoll and Smith and Spafford all came together, men and women together. They heard from this person who came down from Milwaukee, talked about... Um, The idea that you could be more effective or that it would be more effective for charities to have one organization raising money and then kind of doling it out to the charitable needs that were in the community. So December 4th, people loved the idea. They formed a committee because you always got to form a committee. Right. And decided to go ahead with it. And then early in um, 1920, they had their first campaign. They went into the factories here in Rockford and actually talked to people on the floor in their own language. So they were speaking Polish, Italian, Swedish to the workers in those factories and asked if they would like to donate to the charitable federation. First year, they raised $92,000, which in today's dollars is equivalent to a billion dollars. That is crazy. It, it's crazy. I think, actually, I think it speaks very, very well of Rockford. What's crazy is that amount of generosity in 1919, right? Right. Uh, First World War's getting over. I have no idea what the economy of Rockford is. And we know we had a lot of factories, you know, but that is, but certainly the people who you were talking to in those factories probably did not have a lot of money. Sure. So, so that is the um, kind of, historical generosity of people if i give a dollar and you give a dollar and joe over here gives a dollar it's all going to add up to really make a difference in our community i think one of the other notable things about that meeting was that at the time there were fewer than 25 charitable federations throughout the united states so rockford was very very cutting edge 
to decide that they were going to form a charitable federation at that time. And where did this meeting take place and where did they decide to get this whole thing started? They decided it was at Memorial Hall. So these people met at Memorial Hall. Um, the person who actually came down from Milwaukee to talk to them was named Robert Frost, which is another kind of weird twist <laughs> on this story. He was not the poet. Um, he had been somehow involved with the Charitable Federation up in Milwaukee. They found him. Um, there was a man named Charles Connolly, who was the minister at the Unitarian Church. They were very, very focused on doing good for the community. So his church let him take this on as a project also. It's just, it's a feel-good story. And so this year, on December 4th, 2019, United Way is going to have a party at Memorial Hall. The entire public is invited. We'll have birthday cake um, from 2.30 to 5.30. The mayor will be doing a proclamation in honor of United Way in our 100th anniversary. And we really just kind of want to get that word out that this is something to celebrate. This is something for Rockfordians to be very, very proud of. The 100th birthday party of the United Way at the same place where it was established, Memorial Hall, that is unheard of. It is unheard of. I think, you know, and like, I, it gives me shivers because I think it's because, you know, it's a little spooky, right? <laughs> so if we go there, are like the ghost of United Way Pass going to be, you know, can we conjure up some of those voices? But it, it is really, I think, an important legacy for our community. Over the years, People have donated over $230 million to United Way. And wow. and it's impossible for us to count the amount of lives that that's touched. But we, we would, I mean, it has to be hundreds of thousands, right? If you were a Girl Scout or a Boy Scout, or you are today, chances are United Way helps support one of your troops. If you're a senior who gets Meals on Wheels, United Way is helping support that. Um, if you are a domestic violence survivor and being sheltered currently, United Way helps support that. So it's really, I think, an important story for our community. And it just seems like United Way always is, I don't want to say in the shadows, but is always in the background, never really looking for the spotlight. It's just like, here to help out that organization, this organization, it's a silent partner, I guess you would yeah, say. Yeah, and I think that, and you hit on the really important word, too, and it's partners. So United Way is different from other organizations, we will always work through partners. We don't want to hire a million staff members and say, you do this, you do this, you do this, you know, and do direct services. What we want to do is seek out the very best partner who we know who can deliver those services and fund them to do it. And then we report back to our donors and say, this is how your money is being used. We are talking to Linda Sandquist, the Vice President of United Way of Rock River Valley, on their 100th anniversary celebration, which it should be a celebration, on December 4th at Memorial Hall. You're talking about partners. So I'm a charity on this side, and how do I get in touch with you at the United Way, and what do I have to present to be enabled to get in on some of the funding? So we have a new focus right now. So United Way has always tried to look at the most critical needs in the community and about three years ago we went to our donors and we said what do you think are the the biggest issues in this area and how can united way help people identified crime unemployment and poverty as things that they were really really concerned with so we tried to do our research 
We don't. We try not to find a solution for a problem that might not exist. We find solutions for problems that do exist. So when we looked at crime, unemployment, and poverty, what we discovered is that the population who's really um, exhibiting those and living in those issues are high school dropouts. High school dropouts cost the community $300,000 each over their lifetime. That's a huge poverty issue. Um, over 65% of people in jail don't have a high school diploma. So looking at those statistics, we thought, okay, well, if you look here in Rockford, the Rockford Public Schools are doing a great job with their academies. They've got that model in place. They're trying to make sure that kids are career or college ready. We look at our private schools, which do a really good job with our high schoolers. We still have this gap. We still have people dropping out of high school. Where can United Way insert itself and really make a difference? We hit on middle school. What we learned is that children don't make the decision to drop out when they're a sophomore in high school. They're thinking about it when they're in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. We learned that there is a huge lack of resources for 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. And by the time they get to ninth grade, they are not on track to graduate. So as we researched this, looked at best practices, what we decided to do was work very, very specifically in a pilot program, Lincoln Middle School, with partners. This goes back to your question about the partners. With partners to see what services need to be put at Lincoln Middle School to help make sure that those kids, by the time they get to East, are on track to graduate. So uh, the partners we work with, for instance, would be Boys and Girls Club. They do a great after-school program there, and we wanted to do some career exploration with them. So last year we started working on um, a Career X program where we were bringing people from the community into the Boys and Girls Club after-school program so that kids could learn about why Why do I need to learn math if I'm in seventh grade? Because I really don't care about math. Well, if you want to be a banker, if you want to be an engineer, if you want to be a chef at Abrio, you need to know your math. So that's an example of how we work with partners. We send out RFPs, requests for proposals, um, asking for very specific programs from our partners. They send back in proposals. We have a committee that reviews those. And that's how you get funded through United Way. So the funds that are coming to United Way are from the working sectors or from anyone who wants to donate, uh, even probably charitable, I mean, not charitable, uh, regular companies who want to make a donation, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Um, probably through checks, paychecks, you can continuously give as well. Yes. So I'm hearing this now and I'm like, yes, finally, I have a contact with United Way. How do I donate to you? How do I, I just, here's money, take <laughs> yeah, it. How do I get to you, you with you, that money? You. Yeah. So you can go to our website, unitedwayrrv.org. Um, and right up on the front page, you'll see how to donate. You can go tell somebody in your company, somebody in your HR department, you know, I think we should do a workplace campaign here. Workplace campaign is where you can make a pledge that for the next year you'll give so much money from your paycheck to United Way. Workplace campaigns are kind of the bread and butter of United Way and have been for a 100 years since we went into the factories in 1919. Um they are the most efficient and effective way to give back to your community. You don't miss it. It's taken right out of your paycheck. 
your HR or payroll department will send a check once a quarter to United Way. We send you a thank you note, and you know you're making a difference in your community. The whole tax deductions, I mean, is it tax deductible? And with the whole change in the government, has that affected United Way at all? Uh, It is tax deductible. The threshold now to be able to um, deduct that on your tax return is $10,000. What we've seen is that there are some people who are doing what's called bundling, and they would give us a large check or a, a large contribution and then ask us to spread it out for a couple of years. Personally, I don't think that the run-of-the-mill um, United Way supporter gives to us for a tax deduction. I think they give to us because they believe in their community and they believe that we do good work with their dollars. It, most of our... Um, Contributors give probably between $25 and $500 a year. We have some great, great supporters. We have a Tocqueville Society, which has about 15 members in it. Those are people who give us $10,000 a year. We are very, very thankful for them. But we have over 16,000 donors, and the majority of those are really people who give $5 a week out of their paycheck. $20 $20 a year. And we are so thankful for them because that's how we come together. One of the things that that has occurred to us in looking at our 100-year anniversary is that United Way helps make everybody a philanthropist. So, you know, philanthropy is, is a pretty cool thing because you are supporting people who don't have as much as you. And through United Way, giving that $5, it adds up with everybody else's $5, and you become a philanthropist. See, a lot of people just don't realize it. it doesn't matter how big of the donation, as long as you donate. That's mm-hmm. the difference. And you are being a part of the community. So I'm glad you brought up the fact that it didn't have to be a massive amount of a donation. Every little $5, $10, it all adds up when we all do it together. That's the whole premise of United way right exactly right exactly right so you know one of the slogans that united way has is to live better we must live united again you know kind of get goosebumps from that because it's true when we join hands and we all support a common cause in this case it's helping people in our community who don't have the resources that we have it just makes us all better Talking to Linda Sandquist, the Vice President of United Way of Rock River Valley. Uh, The 100th anniversary is coming up December 4th. The celebration will be at Memorial Hall, where United Way started. But I'm glad they changed the name from Federation, because (laughs) that that probably brought in a whole different kind of connotation, right? Yeah, and actually, it's even worse than that. So at first, they were a charitable federation. Then I think somewhere along the line, they became the community chest. Then I'm sure there's people out there who remember the Red Feather campaign, you know, and then eventually in the 1970s, it became United Way. I'm glad it is the United Way. So how do we uh, get more information again? Your website? Website, unitedwayrrv.org. We expect to have great media attention just like this. Thank you very much on our 100th anniversary. And again, Stop by Memorial Hall on December 4th. It's a Wednesday, anytime from 2.30 to 5.30. Have a piece of cake. See some of our artifacts. We have. We actually found some cookie cutters that have the United Way logo on. We also have newspaper articles from the 50s and the 40s that talk about what United Way was doing. Is there a picture from when the United Way was first launched at Memorial Hall? And if you could recreate that... In 2019, and then share them side by side, I think that would be amazing. You know, there isn't, 
But, and I don't know this is on our website, but I'm going to go back and tell our marketing people to get this on there. So we found a picture from that time period, from 1919, of people looking westward across the Rock River. And they're right by the State Street Bridge. So the picture actually depicts people looking at ice flows going down the river. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, right, you got no TV, don't have radio, right. you don't have Google, you don't have your phone. So apparently people went out and watched the ice float down the river. But um, for our 100th anniversary, what we've done is taken that picture and inserted the modern skyline. So one of the taglines that we're using for our 100th anniversary is giving back and looking forward because we feel like that very, very accurately talks about our donors, too. Our donors give back, but they look forward to a brighter future. So that's the picture that we have that talks about our founding. I am so glad you came in today. You gave me a better, and all of us, a better understanding about United Way. But at the same time, you gave us chills this morning and even more appreciation for Memorial Hall than we probably had moments ago because we didn't realize it is the starting base for a lot of different things, not just a museum. It is. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up. So here's a shout out to Scott Lewandowski, who's the director over there. When we talked to him about having our 100th anniversary party there, he started doing more research. And there are a lot of agencies or organizations that got their start at Memorial Hall. I'm guessing because it was probably a very centrally located gathering place at that time. Rotary got their start there. So uh, I think he's going to do some more research and more to come on what organizations actually met and got started at Memorial Hall. It's a great asset and really exciting to think about, you know, <laughs> that that's been there for that one. Unbelievable. Linda Sanquist from United Way of Rock River Valley again, December 4th, the 100th celebration. You said what, 2 to 6? 2.30 to 5.30. 30 to 5.30. Doesn't matter. She had us at the very beginning when she said cake. <laughs> That's all I know. Cake and we're there at the Memorial Hall in Rockford. Thank you so much for coming in. And that wraps up another episode of This Week in the State Line. Thanks for listening. Join us next Sunday morning at 6 for another edition of This Week in the State Line. 